You ready? Let's get it. For worse money without happiness are hard times without the people you love. Though I'm not sure what's about to happen next, I ask for strength from the Lord above. Who you got? Hmm. Can I get some more? Because um, I've been strong so far, but I can feel my grip losing. Quick, do something before you lose it for good. I think you might have me on this one. Ooh, we <laughs> any guesses? <laughs> um, man, that does not ring any bells oh, whatsoever. Dang. Like, it don't even sound like a <laughs> rap song. It sounds um, like some spoken word. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Okay, okay, okay. Um, all right, give me, give it to me one more again. Okay, one more again. One more again. Um, for what's money with without happiness or hard times without the people you love? Though I'm not sure what's about to happen next, I ask for strength from the Lord up above. Hmm. And I don't know. It sounds like it's a little bit of uh, like in the vein of. Kendrick Lamar, um, maybe J. Cole-ish, but I don't know. Is this somebody new? Is it somebody who's been around? Has it what, been around for a bit? Been around for a bit. I just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have to take an L on this one. <laughs> I don't know. Man. <laughs> Man, see, I thought I thought you had it because you were like it's some spoken word, and there's only a few rappers who speak words. Who is that? J. Cole, man. Ah, I, th- I just said J. Cole. You, you, you were like, uh, not sure about it. You were just throwing out names right there. What song is that from? Uh, Love Yours. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the jam. I was, I was just there. Listen- I was listening to that on the way up here. That's what made me think about that one. Okay, you got me. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but what's happening, brother? How you doing? What's Gucci? Oh, well, I'm um, pretty good. That's good to hear, brother. It's good to hear. Um, this is, by the way, this is Rudolph, a.k.a. Rue. And you got Chris, a.k.a. The Croc Dad. And before we actually go into our introductions, I think we need to change your a.k.a. to Worldwide Rue. <laughs> <laughs> this boy be uh, out here globe trotting. I'm not mad about it. Worldwide Rue. Rue over here. Yeah, this uh, it's it's been a crazy year, man, with the uh, with the trips. But it's it's been a lot of fun. I've seen a lot of parts of the world, a lot of parts of the states, and uh, it's not over yet. You on the levels of travel, man? <laughs> I love it. Speaking of levels, this is levels where business and culture collide. Oh yeah, not di- <laughs> collide and Spe- converge. Speaking of, I need not to, diverge. I need to take the, out out the notes because I still have it as a <laughs> diverge in here. Um, if y'all are new to our our podcast, thanks for joining us. Oh um, yeah, thank y'all. What this, uh, I guess, what we are attempting with our podcast is to take things from the the culture or just things that are popular, popping that's going on in the world, and just try to look at them through a business lens. Um, right. And I think the handful of episodes we've been 
somewhat switching up from that. Um, not really. We haven't really gotten off base, but I think so. Um, we're still we're in the beginning stages. I I think listening back to a lot of the episodes, I'm like, man, we're still in the beginning stages and still trying to figure it out. And I think we're getting there. What do you think? No, I th- I think we're doing a good job getting there for real. Yeah, for yeah, real. yeah. Um, anyways. How you been, brother? Man, what's it, good? It's, it's, I've been been tell me something well. good. I've been doing very well. So I uh, have some have some good things in in the works. Uh, kind of mentioned to you. I'm not going to share too much in the on, on this on episode. But do what? <laughs> Real cheese moving silence like lasagna. That's right. <laughs> Most definitely. So I won't, I won't share too much. But I got I some got big plans for um, next year or possibly, I mean, possibly years to come with uh, with business. So it's uh, I'm excited about it. That's what's up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, just like just like you mentioned, I'm just getting back from a trip. I feel like. Every episode we come from, just getting back from another trip. That's why I'm worldwide <laughs> rude, man. But uh, but yeah, so we, we just got like, back from. Uh, um, I got this thing I want to talk to him about. Oh no, I can't because he's <laughs> gallivanting across the globe. Man, but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a fun year with trips. I'm, I'm telling y'all, it's it's worth it to get the uh, companion pass whenever y'all if y'all can uh, for um, with that Southwest man. It's it's, it's good stuff. I need to get on that level. Man, so yes, I need to. Yes. Um, I need to know what what's what. What's oh, the yeah. hookup? What's the back door? Whatever it is, like I need that. I could be the plug. Plug me in. <laughs> plug me in. I got you. Well, how you been, brother? What's something going on, man? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's been going pretty good, man. I got. It's it's the end of the year. Oh yeah, we're or we're getting close to end of the year. Um, I feel like. At this time, you tend to relax. Mm. I, I think just naturally. It's People natural. tend to it's just with you know, the holidays. You're going into Thanksgiving, going into Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing family. It's the end of the year, fourth quarter. Right. And man, I'm already in 2020 Q1. <laughs> <laughs> just with everything that I'm trying to do. I like you. I like um, you. But no, it's been pretty good, man. Just. Um, forward thinking i like same that a lot. same old stuff just just you know trying to make some moves make some stuff happen um in a good place with the the business and getting some great feedback um you know getting some great clients uh i will share this i will share this What's um that? so one of my I, I, within my industry in terms of using subcontractors i typically try to use just the same people um and create just this that that, that culture that, that family. culture yeah yeah even though they don't work for me and they're subcontractors i try to use them on every project that as way as much as possible that way every project kind of is it's that same level of exactly of, of, of uh status and, yeah and, and and just i understand that that makes and sense and so um my electrician um the the project manager who i deal with over there he he recommended me to his his spouse, who is like a facilities manager of one of the, um, I believe, like the, a healthcare group here. In really? Austin. Yeah. And um, even if the cool thing about that, it, even if nothing comes of it, it's just really nice to, uh, for. It's one thing like a client gives you a pat on the back, but just like your for me in my industry, when your subs kind of sing your praises and, mm. and talk to other people about you, it's like man. I'm doing something right. And that's because, you know, we, you know, I'm dealing with them more so than anybody. I mean, right. you know, if we talk about what I do as being the maestro in front of the orchestra, like yeah. they're the people playing the music. Right. And I deal with them more so than the actual client who's 
sort of experience in the music that we're trying to, you know, put, present to them. Makes so sense. To speak. So it's nice for them to say like, Hey man, you're, we like what you do. And I want to tell other people about it. So that means that, um, that means they have, they have a lot of respect for you. And that also means that, um, they might, they might have more, more gigs coming. Yeah. Cause, yeah, yeah. cause they're, they're just talking pretty to you. I'm just so. like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I know a good electrician. So <laughs> hopefully real. there's no conflict of interest being <laughs> that she's your spouse, but uh, right. yeah, man, I got a meeting on Monday. That's awesome. Um, man. Look at some stuff. So that is pretty awesome. good week, man. That's good. It's good to hear, man. That's what I love to hear right there. Um, but um, so our next segment is going to be talking about some money moves. So who we who we got for the money moves? That is the wrong <laughs> button. That make money yeah. move. But we still need to get one of those. Oh yeah, those dings. Um, I have for my money. Do you have a money moves? Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be give me give myself a. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, like we were talking about, me and Em were talking about it. Um, we were on a plane last week, uh, talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, I need to, I need to use that one for the show." And I was trying to, I was trying to add it to, um, what was I? Trying, I think I'm trying to add it to like the 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 spreadsheet we have. Yeah. And um, I, I wasn't thinking about. It. I should just put it in my phone. <laughs> it didn't, of course, it didn't go through because I didn't have service and. Man, it's just a whole lot, and I forgot. I forgot who it was. To be honest with you, because I was like, we were talking about some a lot of stuff actually to add to the, I can't, the show. I can't. I can't fault you, man. <laughs> You're traveling around the world, eating nice food, <laughs> hanging out with your wife. I mean, I wouldn't be thinking about this either. No, I mean, no, like this. <laughs> this is like one of the things that I, I always kind of think about. Yeah. Like, oh man, it's something I can add exactly. to the show. Like it's kind of weird. No, I feel you on that one. Um, I am admiring. Um, a woman by the name of Alex Wolf. Um, oh yeah, Alex is. I mean, she's a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually have a clip that I'm going to play here in a second. But um, she is a creative. She's an author, a consultant, um, kind of a like a tech philosopher, mm -hmm. um, and previous founder of Boss Babe. Um, and she was actually forget who this is from because i i'm not doing my job 100 percent correctly but top 100 most creative people in business um i'm drawing a blank i'm gonna have this is gonna be a show correction because <laughs> i didn't write down where that was from you're good but anyways good. uh man i just i found her on instagram mm -hmm. like i do a lot of people right um and what struck me is one she's a woman um, can't get enough of women in business. Like right. I just, I love that. Um, and I don't want, well, maybe we'll unpack that at some, at some other episode, but I, it's good to see women in, in business and then black women. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's young. I don't know how old she is, but I believe she's younger than us. And you, when you hear her talking about certain things, uh, just like the current state of business and technology and how we, basically how we deal with it and how it um, changes our thoughts and perspectives on things. I mean, she's so wise mm. beyond her years. And I mean, there's stuff that I watch and I'm just like, mm, okay, like John down notes. Um, I would definitely check her out. Um, her name is Alex w Wolf spelled A L E X W O L F. Um, and she's on Instagram. I think that's her tag as well. We'll put it in the show notes. But here is a 
Yeah. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm an author, an artist. Some call me a digital anthropologist, but I just like to call myself human. I love studying culture, people, technology. I like trying to figure out how we got here, how ideas go from weird to normal. It's a revolutionary mobile phone. There's been a shift in the modern economy in the past few decades where it feels like the only thing left for sale is our attention. As a society, we're openly and massively addicted to these like digital ad plantations that make money from our focus. It's how we keep in contact with our friends, our family, our president. You gotta wonder how did it get to a point where our eyeballs are the only thing that mattered. Because as an artist, I've struggled with the incentive to make things for metrics or for meaning. I'm a part of this myself, and I just feel like I want to know how to navigate a world where every day my ability to focus. Usually with our money moves, it's, it's got something to do with money. Of course. Uh, but the whole premise of, um, for anyone who is new to our show, the whole premise behind the money moves is just, it's, it's a shout out. Yeah. And so I just want to shout her out. People we feel like just moving and shaking. Moving and shaking, and... Um, you know, creating some waves right. in the space. And so I feel like she's uh, definitely creating a wave and she's riding her own her own wave right now. Like one of the things that, or how I found her, it was a picture of her standing in front of a building in New York and they had just recently painted like a quote from hers on Twitter onto the building. Oh, um, I was just like, okay, who is this? And so just started digging into it. So I was just like, oh, she's a, she's a visionary. Yeah. Um, check her out. That's cool. That's dope stuff. So no money moves for you, right? No, uh, brother. Oh my Not this time. What are we going to do with this guy? What are we going to do with him? I don't know. Well, I guess we are going to move, move to the current events. Current event, current and trending events. Most um, definitely. First, what I got um, was uh, Disney Plus. Disney That's Yeah, that's... Do you have anything else? Man. I don't have anything else besides that. I mean, I think we should uh, just talk about that. Oh, okay. I thought you, my bad. I thought you had something someone else as well. But no. um, uh, so first off, like that that <laughs> launch though, that was honestly that was that was that reminded me of like the like the the Popeye chicken launch. <laughs> I don't mean to bring that back up, but we had, need to talk about that. Yeah, by I, the way. I mean, because like we, we had we hadn't been able to go deep into that one, but. Uh, <laughs> We yeah, been that's a little inside show joke if y'all yeah. listen to episode number seven. <laughs> but anyways, seven. yeah. Anyways, digress, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. You're good. But like that first day, um, actually, that was I think you brought up Kim Kardashian um, uh, earlier when we talked. Um, this was kind of like the Kim K Skims launch because um, I forgot what episode that was, but was that three? Four, four or two i think i don't know yeah we, we kind of get lost in the shows but it's kind of kind of like that launch because they had 10 million subscribers in the in the, in the first first day so it's it's wow like, right right, right. It, that was that's that's crazy that's a that's a crazy amount of people just you know jumping in, jumping on board but i mean um, they've been around for decades man Gen oh, generations oh, yeah. i mean oh yeah but when you think about it, how much they own, that's the, I think that's the crazy part about it. Well, the cool, so one of the things that I, I took away from Disney and this whole, the Disney Plus, which is, it, it was, it's kind of like a matter of time, right? Um, but I'm surprised that that even happened, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, if you just really, <clears throat> if you think about it, so they put out a lot of content. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody 
growing up, I wasn't much of a Disney kid, but I do remember uh, one of my childhood friends, Dominique Johnson. She was basically the blockbuster and on, and on our on our block because she, she had plug with the movies she and had all the disney vhs's like all of them bro that was that was, that was us that yeah. was us growing up bro she had everything so we would like we would borrow her her vhs's um i never really i had to grow up super fast and so i never really got into the whole disney wave mm. um but that doesn't mean i don't understand yeah the, the impact it's had on you know, people our age and actually older. But when you look at, if you look at it from a bigger perspective is they put out a lot of content. Mm -hmm. um, it's all theirs. And right. I think cable, you know, cable is a dinosaur almost. Oh, man. it's I like, mean, it's like the newspaper now. Yeah. Like I, some of them, I have some predictions, which I, I want to do a, a show just on, on that. Yeah. 2020 predictions. Ah, whatever. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, I've, because cable is basically almost a dinosaur, mm -hmm. they need to like the big cable companies, they need to like shut down or pivot. And then you have the disruptors at Hulu, Netflix, you know, all these different folks who are putting out content and it's just like, well, why can't we do that as well? And, well, and, and, and kind of get into the whole subscription business which right. is like a big thing like it makes so much sense to to do this and it's more or less it's like why haven't they done this you know ages ago um see that that's where that's where i was uh, mentioning why i was surprised because um i remember reading somewhere that that um disney actually owns hulu so that they mean do yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying they have their hands in a lot of a lot of different things um are you sure about that? We might. I, I may know. like that. That that may need to be confirmed. May, may need to confirm that on the next <laughs> next show. But I'm I'm almost certain, bro, that I I, I read that um, uh, Disney owns Hulu. So that's why I was saying I was surprised that um, uh, surprised that they kind of entered the space. It's almost like they're taking away customers from themselves. But at the same time, they have a they have a deal where uh, you get the Disney Plus, you get Hulu, and you get um, ESPN. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's Hulu that's is a U.S.-based subscription video on demand service, fully controlled and majority owned by Walt Disney. Direct yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, they have their hands already in that subscription space, but at the same time, there, I feel like I feel like they could have done the same thing just within Hulu. You know, just kind of made Hulu like more you know Disney focused. They could have put ESPN on there, but I guess with them, the way, way they're thinking about it is that this just let me just make three different subscription yeah. models and people. And people, well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. To all I three. mean, and that's 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 the key right there because you know if we let's sit on the side of the table of Disney, and you know we're we're thinking about that and we're like, okay, should we should we add this and just maybe have the clients pay a couple of extra bucks per month, right. or should we recreate a whole different thing, right, and have them pay ten? I don't know how much <laughs> right. it costs. Yeah, ten bucks a month. I, I think it's like yeah, something like that. Um, or Twelve, which is it's smart, man. And I think so too. I'm, what it got me thinking about, to be honest with you, is um, and I want—I mean, since we've been too too much time on it, but this is good, good, uh, a good event, current event. Uh, I feel like that cable, um, like the channels, I feel like they're going to eventually follow, and everything is going to become like a subscription model. So like you can subscribe to like specific channels now, yeah. Um, instead of instead of you having the full package of of, of cable, man, I feel like they're going to pivot. I feel like they're going to pivot. They're going to pivot completely, like. 
likely dabble still in the television broadcasting space, but I feel like they're going to do something completely different. Still somewhat in the lane mm. of, you know, I mean, if you think about it, they have cable. I don't know. Who, who is the major players? Comcast? Time Warner? Yeah. So like Time Warner. Uh, Comcast, Spectrum. Who, yeah. Spectrum is who? It's the same thing. Uh, it's uh, Time Warner. They have cable to everyone. AT&T. They have it. It's everywhere. I mean, it's ran in every neighborhood. Even like, for instance, I don't have it, but for them to come and connect it to my house is literally just taking some coax cable from right. one point to another because it's already there. Right. And so I don't know what that pivot is, but if they're smart, they they should be talking about pivot right now. Right. Because we're in that age where people are just like, man, I'm not going to spend all cable. this money for right. something that I don't even watch. And most people that I do know who currently have cable or had cable in the past, they shut it down because they're, or they have it currently because they're like, well, I, I, I can't get ESPN, but now mm. ESPN is, you know, you can get that a la carte, so to speak. So right. It's just like, well, what's the use of cable? Right. <laughs> that, that was the main thing was the sports. That was yeah. like literally the main thing. They were like, oh, I, I got cable just so I can watch the games. And I mean, this is, yeah. this, this is a big move now. So the cool thing, I guess the takeaway for me is that, Disney is a powerhouse producer. Oh, yeah. You know, powerhouse producer. Um, they basically repackage how they their consumers are going to consume them now. And just, I mean, just think about everything that they own outside of, I mean, they bought st the Star Wars franchise. And so, yeah. you know, people are going to tune in for that. And I'm sure they're going to probably have... Like straight, Marvel and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, I think Marvel, I think they're going to... I would assume that they're going to have like straight to Disney plus. Oh yeah. Programming, oh, yeah. you know, um, for, 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 for extra fee, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to our childcare provider and she, she was saying that they basically gave up like Netflix and a couple of other things just so just they, could, get that. they can get that. And she says she likes it cause she can put it on and it doesn't replay like Netflix. You know how Netflix like it'll, you know, after like six episodes, continuously playing it's like are you still there oh yeah like, yeah after the first one it stops and you have to actually play it which is kind of cool gotcha. um so, then, so so you don't get sucked into yeah. like you know oh you watch three hours of yeah uh, the and show. Sh she doesn't have to worry what's coming on next but yeah man um man that's cool it, it, it's, it's kind of makes me think about like when jay-z um you know like pulled out of um uh, like a Apple Music yeah, and yeah. Spotify, and you know, yeah. create his own platform. Right, right. It's, it, it reminds me. Of well, that I mean, that's movie. what, and that's it's funny because that's, I that's the cool thing about doing the show is not even doing the show; it's just the opportunity to talk about these things. Exactly, and, I agree. And put like, you know, draw those parallels and connect those dots because that's what they did. Is like. They said, screw the distributor. We are going to become the distributor exactly. and, and make the money. Now, how do you do that on our level? You know, like you, I, I can think of things that I might be paying to maybe use as a service to put my services out there. And it's like, well, for instance, okay, case in point, <clears throat> um, I operate in commercial construction space, which there's no one platform the thing that I can think of on the residential side is like an Angie's list and mm. you know, they're kind of the mouthpiece and it's like, well, how do you, how can you circumvent that, that? And you know, 
that would be my mindset. And if I played in that opera in that arena is like, okay, how can I get away from, you know, the whole having to, you know, maybe pay a fee for Angie's list. I don't know how Angie's Angie's list works, but mm -hmm. I'm just trying to come up with some examples off no, the that, top of my head. That makes sense. It, I mean, like, like really what they're doing is, is they're trying to cut, cut, I won't say the middleman, but that, I mean, it's, it's trying to cut everybody out and just, just to yeah. like, cause they're like, Oh, I it's can direct. I, can, I mean, that's can, the, that's direct. This, the this, main thing. Yeah. It's direct to consumer. Exactly. Like, how exactly. can you cut the middleman out? And I mean, shoot, now I'm just starting to think about some stuff because I'm, I'm a middleman in my, mm -hmm. in my situation. I don't know with, and I, I think people have tried to, or they've sat down and tried to figure out like, how can we, you know, maybe cut out the general contractor. And, mm. and it's just like, nah. but I feel like, I feel like you are the, just like you said, the, the, you, you, you orchestrate the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. group. So a lot of times people don't want to, don't want to um, cut all that, cut all that out. Right. Like, like at least not right away. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can, but maybe that's, uh, something I should be thinking about in order to disrupt the industry. That's true. That's true. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else? No, nah, that, that subject. That's all I got, brother. That's all I got for now. Well, in preparation for our, um, our guests, oh, um, yeah. I'm going to let Rue go ahead and introduce this. So we got my um, my little big sister with us today, y'all, and I'm I'm real excited, real thankful for 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 her being on. Um, she's a mother, she's a teacher, entrepreneur, author. Uh, we got Rachel Garrison here, y'all. Hey, got those claps. <laughs> Rachel, how are you doing? Hi guys, I'm well. What's Thanks for up? having me. Oh yeah, thank you for being on. We're, yeah. we're real, real happy, real, real excited for for you to be on today. Um, but <laughs> but um, what's up? What's up? What's up? A uh, little big sister. What, what you been up to? What's, what's, what's this little big sister thing about? <laughs> well, because I am the older sister, um, but he's taller than I am. He's mm. much bigger than I am at this point. So I am the quote unquote little big sister. Are you? <laughs> where, where do you fall? Because it. It's seven siblings all together, right? Yes, and I am number six. Number six. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of like the oldest, too, because our parents had kids before for previous marriages, and they got married, and they had me and and my brother, so right. I'm kind of like the oldest, too. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> I got a question for you. Oh, man, right, right off the bat. Off yeah. <laughs> so being, uh, idea, being Rue's... Older brother, what or yeah, older sister, older, older, <laughs> yeah, older sister. I'm sorry. What what was this cat like growing oh, up? Oh man, was, was he? <laughs> Should have known this was coming. <laughs> you know, we got this one question that we ask everybody. It's it's like, you know, what were you like in high school? What was Rue like back in middle school? Oh my goodness, what was this kid like? Oh, let's see. In middle school, I was what in college. <laughs> You were, I think, I, I think you might've been just, yeah, just getting into college at the time. Yeah. I was like probably like my sophomore junior at college. Um, so I was away a lot, mm -hmm. but I do know that he was, he's very competitive. He's still competitive. Um, and so 
Hmm. One of his big things was whenever he get report cards, he wanted to know if his was better than mine. That's my mom. Like, is it better than Rachel's? So my mom has got to remind him, like, well, that's middle school. This is college. It's a little yeah. different. But he always wants to, like, show his report card and find out if it was better than mine. It's a weird It probably flex, wasn't, move. but. I mean, <laughs> weird flex out here. You got you to you flex where you can, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's real funny but um but yeah rachel let's um i guess can you can we can we start off just you with you telling telling like our audience telling the audience like a little bit about who you are what you do and just a little bit about about yourself um i do a lot and probably too much because <laughs> 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 i still work at nine to five mm-hmm. i am by trade i am a teacher um, special education teacher in high school. By passion, I'm a writer. Mm. And by purpose, I build community. So mm. Mm. <laughs> I do a little bit of everything. I also bake on the side and I do events um, and parties and stuff like that. I don't do that as much because of what I'm working on currently. It kind of takes up a lot of my time. But yes, in the, at the same time, I do all of that. And I have two sons, um, both at elementary school. Wow. <laughs> It's a lot. That's a lot. What? Yeah. Why did you choose to like? Um, I mean, I know you. I, I know you a little bit better, obviously, than than Chris. But what, what made you choose mm-hmm. like like after going like through the edu- education route, or um, uh, I guess was it linguistics you, you study, right? Uh, English. English. Okay. So like mm-hmm. for for you studying English, um, what made you not get more and dive deeper into the writing side? Um, earlier on rather than getting to, to education? The money. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, the money. I really thought that writers didn't make a whole bunch of money. Mm. It was a consistent income. And it's like, how can I support myself on this? And it's like all the freelance. What I thought was like writing was just a freelance type of gig. Mm. And you're constantly looking for the next gig. And it's, you know, not sustain- sustainable. And so, um, like, I've been writing since, like, ninth grade. Mm. Like, just been writing since ninth grade. And I was like, I'm going to be a poet laureate of my state or the <laughs> United States or whatever. And I realized writers didn't make a lot of money. And so I kind of let that dream go very quickly once I learned <laughs> mm. that the, the money where that may not be there. Um, you get the fame, but not so much the money. So I kind of let that go. I still wrote, but... Um, I didn't pursue it as a career option at the time. And so I had a really good teacher in high school. Mr. Travis was my AP teacher, um, 11th grade year. And he was like probably my best English teacher I had, like in my um, secondary um, experience. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I want to do what Mr. Travis did. Because it wasn't like you were like, it wasn't work. It was fun mm-hmm. to like read poetry and read literature and discuss it and dive deep into it. I'm like, I want to do that. You know, I want to do that. And he helped me become a better thinker, a local thinker, um, writer. And so that's how I, I got into um, the profession and mm-hmm. wanting to uh, be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then you, know, you get into teaching and then you discover that it's not at all cracked up to be, it's a lot of bureaucracy. <laughs> 
It is. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of bureaucracy of all the education. You would think this is a quote-unquote service-oriented position right. that, um, yeah, it wouldn't be as political as it is, but it is. Sadly enough, it is. And the kids and the service providers, the teachers, they suffer. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. how I got, got into teaching. Like I said, I never stopped writing. And then um, I published two books last year. And possibly working on a third. We'll see. So right now we, I look, you have that book chasing unicorns. Oh yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm. is, is that book number one or is that book number two? Yeah. It was... One. I published book? that one um, January, top of January 2018. And, and book number two is what's that called? It's a, it's a hashtag hashtag. So I know it's real. Mm-hmm. And I published that one in December. And last year. This is the year. Look at that. <laughs> so what's the, let's talk a little bit about chasing unicorns, which I like that okay. title. Yeah. Um, the book is I, good too, y'all. If y'all haven't read it, I, I'm about to let, let you get a copy, Chris. Uh, no, I've, I've, as uh, I saw some excerpts on her IG. Oh yeah. Um, what's there? Some cool stuff up there. You mentioned poetry. So why, why poetry? And, and then, Tell us a little bit about chasing unicorns, which I really like that title <laughs> because it's like it's I, good. It's good. So um, I can't really say why. That's just something that's in me to do, mm-hmm. and so I can't say it. Just like teaching, I didn't quite. I, sometimes I like to say teaching didn't always. I didn't always pick teaching to kind of pick me. Yeah. To some degree, same thing with poetry. I didn't actually pick that I'm going to write this genre of literature. Um, it just happened that way. It's just yeah. something that was in me to do. Yeah. And once I wrote one poem for my like ninth grade English teacher, I wrote another and another and just went from there. Um, and Chasing Unicorns was my first book, uh, first collection of poetry that I did. And um, some of it was brand, brand new. And some of it was stuff that I had written over the span of, I don't know, 10 years probably. Yeah. What's that, not longer. What's that like to, you know, be published and put something out? Man, like, that's how, a, that's how's that? Dope how's that me. feel? You know, is it surreal? Is it? <laughs> that's so dope. It's funny because like, I I got the notification that self published, and I got the notification that everything was kind of like up and available on a Sunday, and it was a Sunday before I went back to school. Like so, it was like the last day of winter break. Mm-hmm. So I got published on the seventh or something like that, and the 8th was my first day back at work. And it was like a shit show mm-hmm. at work that day. Um, <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't put up with this. I won't publish Java. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't made a dime. Not a dime, right? I'm just off. It's almost like, like, do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, do you know who I am? So I said, hey, made a dime. <laughs> people on social media my friends kind of knew I published something but I wasn't like well known at the time or anything like that but I was like hey like do you know who I am <laughs> 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 but um really it's still sometimes surreal that I actually have two books published um mm-hmm. like the maybe about a week ago my English department did like a little celebration for me, like, oh, we have a published author in our department. He wants to do a little thing for me. And I was like, thanks. You know, it was really cool. 
But it's a thing real when people talk about it. People ask, like, you have a book? Oh, you have two books? Like, oh, yeah. that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you, you learned through the process of producing two books? Um, I think the biggest lesson is to do it anyway, despite how you feel about it, how scared mm. you may be about it. Nurse may be about to do it anyway. Man, that's good. Because when I first did the, the when I did my first book, a friend of mine had just published um, a book that July. And by that time, I had kind of like let that whole dream go of being a published author, writer, or stuff like that. I was kind of doing it for my own pleasure and creative outlet. And I thought, oh, it'd be like too hard to get a book published and, you know, it's just too much work or you got to do all this, mm-hmm. the process of getting, you know, sending books out and getting rejection letters and all kinds of like that. I'm like, I don't want to do all that. And so, um, well, my friend published, she self-published and I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's like, it's really not that hard. Like you just have to do the stuff, but it's really not that difficult. And so mm-hmm. I was like, but she kind of planned that seed. Like you can do it, you can do it. So I was like, okay, so I set a goal by, in July. I was going to publish by December the same year. So I officially gave myself five five months to write a mm. book and publish it, right? <laughs> wow. So I had this thing about, like, setting these crazy deadlines, um, and it almost seemed impossible to do, and it really, like, pushes me to do it. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, I set these crazy deadlines. So set a crazy deadline that said in January, in July, that I was going to publish a book by December. So that was my birthday. I said, I want to publish a book by my birthday. Didn't do anything. July didn't do anything. August didn't do much of it. September hit, and I don't know if you guys. Well, you guys should know. Um, Hurricane Ike, yeah. um, happened. Yeah, and I was like, in like I didn't get any damage, but we kind of like in the house, having fever, all that good stuff. And I, I at the same time experiencing a breakup during Hurricane Ike. That's another story for another day. Hmm. However. Just <laughs> I was like, I'm laying in bed, like, I feel all the emotions, all the PTSD and everything else. And I was like, you know what? Let me just write my book. Like, he ain't worried about me. I ain't worried about him. Let me just uh, <laughs> do something for myself. I literally rolled over my bed, grabbed my laptop, and started writing um, mm-hmm. and putting it together. And that was, what, the end of September, beginning of October. And so, like, that was kind of nerve-wracking, too. So, I'm saying, like, I want to get this out for my birthday. So, essentially, mm-hmm. two months, I get myself, I just started. And the end of September, the end of October, I just started writing this book. And it really wasn't as hard as I initially thought it was before before starting the process. Uh, like, the easiest thing, that, well, the hardest thing is, is to get the, the manuscript, right. to get the draft out. Yeah. Everything else is just legwork. And like for me, I like get in the the cover. That was probably the most frustrating part of getting my cover design. But I was I was getting people to do it and I didn't like it and I ended up having to do it myself. Um, so the cover that's there is what I designed and I actually had found someone to like clean it up for me, but that was all my idea. Um but yeah, the whole time I was pretty nervous about like, am I gonna get this done in time? Is are people gonna like it? Mm. Yeah, people gonna buy this, like what are they gonna say? Like and so, um, but you I did it, put anyway, it out though. there. I, I did good. I did, did it anyway. Yeah. And I got mm. some really good feedback from people really, um, enjoyed it. I got a couple of people like, whoa, this is like heavy. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. 
And this is something, and the thing about it is not, and I realized in that process, it wasn't just a story that I was telling. Like, it was my story, true, but it's like a story that other people had experienced as well. It wasn't just my own story I was telling. And so a lot of stuff that I've written in there resonated with a lot of people. These are their experiences. Like, recently, um, someone sent me a message on Instagram, like, yo, I read the first 14 pages and wanted to, like, tell you my whole life story <laughs> and tell you all about my love life. But, like, you know like you know me. Like, she felt like I knew her. Mm. Um, so that was a pretty, like, amazing part about, like, you know, despite how you feel or how nervous you may be about, like, do it scared. Do it anyway. Like, show up. Like, I was telling um, mm. a friend of mine. Well, not a friend of mine. So a woman I'm in a mastermind a mastermind with and she was a little like defeated because she had did a proposal for her business and it got rejected. And she was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like and that was her first time really experiencing rejection because he's like brand new and starting her business. And I was like, look, that's just the beginning. <laughs> You're going to get rejection. That shouldn't be in the reason to stop. Like that's just a part of the business. Honestly, not everyone's going to be your customer. Everyone's going to be your client. Um, not everyone's going to like what you do, but there are people who do. I say, your job is just to show up yeah, and See. do it. I'm like, we don't get these ideas, like, just to keep. Like, we get these ideas so that we can do. Like, there's a point, there's a purpose in the doing. Yeah. And we don't get to, like, pick how it ends, how it turns out. I got to just show up and do it. No matter how you feel about it, like, show up and do it and complete your assignment. That's all your job is to do. So I guess that's your question. I like that. Do it scared. Do it anyway. Show up. Complete your assignment. See, that's real funny. You have that. Um, you have that like kind of attitude because on the on the back of my my computer at at I guess I have it in the car right now on my my like my wallpaper. I guess you call it on the on the computer. Um, it says do mm-hmm. it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm-hmm. as a constant reminder, just to get it done, no matter what obstacles are coming your way or yeah. what like you feel like doing. Because most times we don't feel like doing anything. We feel like being lazy and not doing, not doing our going out and and and, and uh, moving forward on our goals. But sometimes we mm-hmm. just gotta force ourselves to just do it. But I, I like I like that so much. I like that so much. Um, and, and I know in the book, um, I guess the first book, uh, Chasing Unicorns, you mentioned that it was like twenty years uh, in the making in the book. Um, like I guess yeah. after all that, and and. And uh, even even when you set your goal to get it done in December, how did you know it was ready? Like, how did you know, like, okay, this is it. It's, I want to publish this. H- how do you know, like, I don't want to put anything else into this? Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, when I did the first draft, I kind of I sat down, printed it out, and read through it, and I made edits in, like, the order of mm-hmm. things. And then once I was kind of, settle on set on the order of things I you know turn out another draft read it through that way you know get, edit any kind of um, like errors and revise that way and then I was, I, was I still okay with that flow mm. I, there are some poems that need to come out I took them out and it wasn't really much that I added it was like once I wrote the draft the first time I didn't really add too much to it until the very end there's one poem that I've been writing the whole time um, that says dear love and it wasn't quite done in my opinion but it was done enough to be a part of the book mm, and so right. i added that one as probably like when i submitted the the copy to to go to print that was the one i added last minute so 
people who had previewed the book prior to, that was the only one that um, they did not read. And it's, it's kind of like a thing for me now, like no one gets to see the actual final, final copy um, before it goes to print. People see drafts. Yeah. They never see the mm. final, final copy. Um, but um, that's the thing. Like, I just I just knew. Like, you kind of know. It's, I've worked it enough. I've made enough edits and revisions. I'm satisfied with the product. I mean, I, 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 I ran through a few drafts. So I probably ran about five or six drafts. Like I said, just figuring out the order and looking at edits of, like, wording and stuff like that um, before it went to print for the first copy. Same thing with the second one. The second one actually didn't go through as many drafts as the first one, I think. Um, when you read through it, um, you just kind of feel it. Like, I, think, I think this is it. Do you feel like that's the case because of it, it was your second one and you were kind of already used to it? Or do you feel like it was it was just already naturally just, just ready for it, for it to produce? Um, I think the it was different because it was a different format. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew from Chasing Unicorns, I wanted it to be a progression. And so yeah. it was going to go from, it follows the progression of a relationship from beginning to end. Yeah, and I did, so I did of, notice that. That, that, was pretty, that was pretty clever how you did that, even though it was like, it was like poetic, like, like poetic, uh, like a rhythm to it. I like that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And also it follows the stages of grief. Mm. So... I knew the stages of grief, and so I kind of categorized them. I mapped them out as I was uh, putting the manuscript together. So, like, there was a cover page for each stage of grief. Hmm. And so, like, you know, there's acceptance and denial, all the things like that in there as well. And so I put those poems in the proper categories, pulled hmm. out the cover pages for that, and then read it through. And read it through. So those, I knew it had that format. I was going to follow that format of relationship beginning and end, the stages of grief. You know, that's already had it outlined. Um, the second one, I was kind of like putting it together, ordering it as I wrote it. And so like the second one is not so much, um, it's not a collection of poetry, it's a collection of poetry and prose, some short fiction, I mean, short nonfiction and poetry, but, um, there's a, a topic and I had to make sure the topic flowed, um, flowed well together in a particular order. So as I was writing it, Versus, well, let me back up. So the first book is, like I said, I had different um, poems that I had already written. I was kind of putting them in where they fitted, and I was writing alongside the book. Mm-hmm. The second book, I was actually writing it fresh. It wasn't so much of old stuff I was adding in. I was writing it as, as I was putting it together. Yeah. So that's why I made that a little bit easier to order, because I'm actually putting it together as I'm going. So were you were you getting the topic first and then, and then, and then writing based on that, or were you just writing and then placing, placing them in where they, where they kind of, uh, where it flow, flows best. Book? Yeah. Okay. So the second book is, so I know is real. Mm-hmm. So that comes from this little catchphrase and one of the great songs. So I know it's real. And it became kind of <laughs> trendy. Uh, so you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it became kind of trendy. And so I started doing these little Facebook posts with different things, saying, do this so I know it's real. Yeah. And it kind of caught on as a thing. Like, I was, it wasn't even like a book thing. It was just like little random thoughts. 
you know, something, you know, make me a playlist so I know it's real, or, you know, speak to my heart so I know it's real. Things like that. And um, a coworker of mine said, you know what I need you to do? I'm going to need you to put all those little isms in a book. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just kind of playing around. I'm not taking this serious. I'm just doing. And so she's like, no, you should, I think you really should do that. And so I started putting those together. So now this world book, what would it look like? Because yeah. I mean, it wasn't even a, a actual. So I was actually working on something else for a book. Um, and I put that on pause to kind of play with this idea because a couple people had, had told me to do this. So I was like, well, let me just see. If I want to make this in a book, what would it look like? And so originally it was just graphic. Kind of like a little meme things you would put up on social media with the actual ism on it. Mm. I can't publish a book of graphic like this. Is, I can't put a book out like this. this is like, the, to me, didn't have enough substance. And so I went in and attached a poem or um, some short nonfiction to each ism. So the left side, if you open the book, the flow of the book is the left side is like an ism of some sort. The right side is a poem or a piece of short nonfiction to accompany it. Mm. So I put all the graphics together and then put them in an order that made sense. And then I went back and added pieces like the is it nonfiction or poetry to go with it. Nice. So do you, do, do, and, and you, you still write outside of that as well, right? Or. Mm -hmm. I still write. Um, I gotten, I was kind of on a hiatus for a while. I said this year I wasn't going to write anything. Ha ha. Universe huh. always has <laughs> other plans. So, um, like I was still, I still write poems every now and again, but just, uh, last month I launched a blog. Nice. Yeah. I have a, and so that's, that that's the, the new writing project. I got it. So Rachel, um, you mentioned earlier, you said that you, you writing for you is a passion. And then you said you have a purpose. And I believe if I recall correctly, it was about uniting people. Is that correct? Yeah. Just, uh, building communities. And building, so, building communities. Oh yeah. Let's, mm -hmm. let's dive into that. What's that? Tell us what that's about. What's the passion and how okay. you got to that passion? That's a good question. So, Excuse me. Um, I'm sorry, the not passion, but your purpose. Purpose. Right. I've noticed that um, maybe about three or four years ago, I started having, I started posting these questions on Facebook, like relationship, love related. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of asked them, like, he kind of post something, not respected the answer, just kind of, this, this is my thought right now. It was, a, it was in a question format, but it was a thought I had. And I called it a hot topic. And um, people responded. And the second day, I had another question. I posted it, people responded, and it became a conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, I noticed, this is probably, you know, about three years in now, that that became um, a point of discussion for people and a place for people to kind of, um, I don't say unite, but come together, I guess, to discuss these issues. And I realized that there wasn't really a place for people to do that. Mm. And, what and kind people of... say, well, I love your hot topics. I love your hot topics. I love your hot topics. Um, and then people will say, I want to comment, but I can't because I don't want my friends to see what I, what I post. Mm. 
Well, I don't want my spouse to see what I post. Well, I don't want my girlfriend to see yeah. um, my comments. What, what kind of like, topics are these so that, like, <laughs> that people want to yeah. want to? What kind of topics um, are these where people want to basically be incognito about it? Man, it's everything. It's just uh, we talk about cheating. We talk about polyamory. Hmm. Over relationships, <laughs> um, sexual questions, huh. about, um, <laughs> expressing love, um, love languages. We talk about all this. I just relationship dynamics, um, ghosting, um, breadcrumbing. You know, <laughs> all it's this the real, the real. Yeah, the real, the real. I thought I... And um, like we talk about divorce. We talk about all the times of how people handle divorces, how people treat people who are divorced. Like we mm-hmm. talk about all these things. And um, and people will tell me, like they'll inbox me or they see me in person, like, hey, I love it, but I can't comment because these things. And so I said, well, what if I create a group? And I asked the question one day, if I create a group for hot topics, you know, would you join? Or would you want to like, yeah, 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 yeah. I do that. And I just, on a moment, like that day, threw up like a little Facebook cover, sent out a link, like, here's a group joint. Yeah. Do you, so. I a group. Okay, I'm sorry. Go huh? ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. So, yeah, I met a group and it became so much more than just talking about sex and relationships. It became like really like a group, like a family. Mm-hmm. And people would come there and they call it, it became their safe space. Mm-hmm. And people would come there and talk about, um, the problems they're having in their home, the problems they're having with their children, the problems they're having with their finances, the problems they're having um, on their job with their friends, um, things that they were want, want to explore as an individual, but mm-hmm. to ashamed to talk about in real life because they knew they wouldn't be accepted for yeah. it. They knew they'd be shamed for it. They know it's against societal norms. And so this was their space to talk about that. Like, hey, I'm in a BDSM and I'm not talking about that. Hey, I suffer from anxiety, but I can't tell my, my, my family I want to go to therapy. Or, hey, I'm in therapy, but nobody understands what that's like to go to therapy. And so yeah. um, I, don't, I can't talk about it with my friends and my family. Or, hey, my kids are a mess, and I feel like I'm doing a crappy job at being a parent. Mm. Or my spouse is treating me this way, and I don't know how to handle it. Like, these are the things people are coming to the table talking about. Do you feel like you and, you're you're the facilitator of that or are you facilitator slash, you know, are you helping them talk through things or are you just the shoulder for them to not necessarily cry on, but are you the person that they can vent to? Like what's your role in all that besides being the facilitator? Um, because I've read a lot. I've experienced a lot. I become, Sometimes the advice giver. Mm-hmm. I'm the secret holder sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the secret holder the sometimes. I'm secret. I do give advice at times. Um, so I'm just an accountability partner a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, I'm just a person holding your hand. I can't do it for you. Yeah. But I can, like, walk with you. And so I'm accountability partner for some people kind of checking in like, Hey, what's going on? Like last week you said you were going to file for divorce. Did you? Hmm. Mm. Hey, you say you work on a plan to do X, Y, Z. Did, did you? you? Hey, huh. you said you were, you know, plan on a move. How's that going? Hey, you say you're going to look for therapy. Look for a therapist. Have you? Yeah. Do you need help with that? Do you, you know, do you know where to start? Like, so, Hey, have you checked out this resource? Hey, have you checked out this resource? 
And, and sometimes I ask for recommendations on my own page. It's not really for me. Maybe yeah. someone who's inboxing <laughs> for something. <laughs> looking for a resource that I don't really know uh, who to direct it to. I put on my face and be like, hey, I'm looking for recommendations for X, Y, Z. Who, who knows? Inbox me or put it below or whatever. So, um, but then also, like, I am an educator by mm-hmm. trade, I told you. So part yeah. of these groups is, is me educating people on some things when it comes to relationships because some things people are not aware of, like how mental disorders manifest yeah. in racism, what that looks like. So what's the, uh, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like what's the, I guess the wildest thing <laughs> that you've encountered on this that you could talk about, that you can talk about without maybe throwing some people under the bus. Cause this is interesting in a way where it's like, here's my own true or my own personal philosophy is that we, I used to think that you could find like this one person and that one person be everything that you need. And Mm. now I realize that, you know, you need certain things for certain, you need certain people for certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Rue is like my, my business running partner and we chop it up a lot Mm -hmm. about business, but also we chop it up a lot about, you know, things that we experience as men (laughs) and I can't necessarily have that with everybody. So this seems like this Mm -hmm. is a place where people can maybe, you know, get away from those personal spaces that they may have with their spouse or whoever, and kind of, you know, lend that, that, um, their voice in a safe place. So like, I'm just curious, like what's, (laughs) what are people talking about? Like, what's the craziest thing? (laughs) Um, nothing's really crazy for me because I know we well, all have our own inclinations so like, in our own. Maybe not for you, like <laughs> I guess for everyday folk who are, you know, they they grew up watching Disney <laughs> videos all day. So for people who subscribe to be quote unquote normal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or follow the quote unquote rules, I think probably the most uh, shocking would be people, uh, people who share their sexual preferences and fetishes or what they like. Um, wow. We, we might have to get like, I don't want to say... <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I don't want to say, like, what I've heard, but there's, you know, what people want to explore or the type of relationship dynamic that they would like to have that their partners are not interested in. Mm. You know, mm. the, the friction and tension that causes and the disappointment that causes the, um, what is the word? The longing that that causes yeah. and the hopelessness sometimes that causes yeah. when people get that in the permanent things like marriages and then they have these other things they want to explore yeah. and their partner is, denies that. Huh. Interesting. I might need to know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of this group again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, so I'm started, yeah, so I'm started a new group. So I like to keep them small. So I'm starting a new group. Um, before it was all my, like, me private. Like, just yeah. my own, like, thing. And now it's become part of my business. Like, this is part of my brand now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the one. This is the baby December yeah. 1st, that's launching um, under actually the business, and it's called Love Always. Yeah. And it's right now, it's, 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 uh, it's going to be a Facebook group at the moment. Um, so it's Love Always, an online safe space. 
mm-hmm. and you can request to join. There are some questions that you have to answer um, that will determine if you're admitted or not. And uh, it's open and available now. We launched this. We open, like, you know, you will be accepted and the group actually yeah. starts December 1st if you can request to join. Do you now. can do you consider yourself? I mean, I wouldn't even. You're an educator, like do you so? Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself more like a coach, or are you? I mean, therapist, which I would. I'm kind of a, you know. I'm kind of play. I'm playing around with that. Um, for a while, people like you're my coach. People say I'm a coach. Yeah. And like you're like a therapist, really good at that. And honestly, if I had the time and energy to do it, I probably would go back to school and uh, become a therapist. Yeah. It really does intrigue me. So as a side to that, um, I have been thinking about or actually playing around with the idea of being a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I actually have called myself a coach. I've actually coached people. Um, but I don't really like the term because it almost comes around, sound so trendy what? of a term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's how I feel about like the everybody's word entrepreneur. Some kind of coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's some kind of coach, business coach, life coach, transition right. coach, breakup coach, relationship coach, you well, know. Yeah, and I, that's coach. why I'm just like, I'm like, I don't want to say therapist. I mean, it's you are providing the services, but, you know, and yeah. you, you can do those without necessarily having the formal training, I think. of Right. You know, right. And I think, but it takes a special person to be able to do that. Um, yeah. And understand the dynamics of relationships and understand the mind mm-hmm. and all these different things like that's why i was just curious like what you what would you consider yourself yeah so some people do joke and say i'm the therapist and i think having been in therapy there are some things that i do that therapists do but again yeah. i don't have the credentials or the total you know span of knowledge to really call myself that as well yeah. but for me at this time i'm more of like your bff your accountability partner yeah. more like your your accountability life partner to some degree or something to that nature. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I would, I, I'm kind of, kind of going away from calling myself a coach yeah. because it becomes, it's becoming so trendy. It's, it kind of loses its meaning or has lost its meaning at this point. Like people know what a coach, what coaches are, but like I said, it becomes kind of a trendy thing to say, Oh, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. <laughs> and it's, for me, it means a little bit more for what I do is a lot more than being trendy and so I'm, I'm, i haven't fallen on a uh term for that part of it yeah and so like when people ask me what i do i have all these other titles that i've kind of fallen on that i actually like i say i'm a safe space creator i like that i'm a conversation facilitator yeah i'm a vulnerability practitioner hmm. at the end of the day like nothing happens if you don't you know, I like her to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And um, I practice the same. So I'm a vulnerability practitioner. I'm an emotions activator. I, like I want to ask you questions. I want to write things that are going to evoke some kind of emotion in you. Mm. So those are kind of things I have fallen on. It's times that I found that I, I've fallen in love with. Now, as far as calling me a coach, that, that I don't like that term as much. I'll say I'm your accountability partner. Okay. I'm, I'm going to ask the tough questions. I'm going to provide a space for you to be vulnerable to explore the emotion that you have, to figure out some of the life issues that you have or questions that you have. I, so, I'm sorry, Rue. <laughs> no, I'm just You're interested. Good. So, I, w- with the, the people that are in this group that you are help, you're facilitating and you're giving them a space to be vulnerable, like what's the demographic of that in terms of what are, why are they having 
or why do they feel a need to come and you know be vulnerable like is it are these people who are a, that's going, a great question is it people who are going to divorces question. like what's what's kind of the general makeup of that this is what i've discovered on my experiences i, I work with what we call the exennials mm-hmm. this what's is the, the, the micro generation between generation x and the millennials right now they're probably between the ages of 34 early 30s to mid 40s huh. it's a mixture of men and women not just uh, predominantly men or women uh-huh. that's the demographic i typically work with okay. and what i'm finding out is that this demographic is almost like at a midlife crisis mm. Mm. i'm 34 but the fact but... that they have done let's unpack this simply because they've done all the things I've done all the things that my parents told me to do that society told me to do I mm. follow all the stuff I've done all the right things but I'm not getting the results that I Dang. would like I'm not happy with yeah. the life that I have even though on the outside it's perfect you have a wife you have a girlfriend you have a husband you have beautiful kids mm-hmm. you have a nice job nice car nice house you have some money in the bank or whatever but you're still not happy. Yeah. Man, scrap the question I've I had. I feel like I want to dive deep in here. Let's dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> Society has told me I should do these things and follow these steps and do all these things. And I've done them. And they told me if I do all these things, I should feel this way. But I don't. Mm. Are people... Like, what's wrong? And then you look around on social media. It's just like everybody else is happy. Everybody else has done all the things. Everybody mm. else has gotten all the things. And they look like they have all together, they're adulting properly. Yeah. I must not be doing this right. Mm. I'm missing something. It's just me. I'm the only one who hasn't figured this out because mm. we know social media lies. We only yeah. post what we want people to know, and we only put know the good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, yeah, the highlight reel. Yeah. And so we're not posting, you know, things about divorce. We just po- we just take our pictures down when we get divorced, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just do a little social media sweep. We're like, and we should do a name change for women. We do a name change. They're like, yeah, I thought her was married. Oh no, I just say yes and now I guess she got divorced. When that happened, I don't know. I'm doing the pictures. Hey, yeah. all the pictures go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I thought he was with so and so, but I don't see him uh, mixing her anymore. Let me go back. Oh man, all the pictures gone. Like, I- Mm. And so we don't really talk about those. We always put the highlight reels up. Mm. And so when you see these things, you think like, oh, well, everybody else has it all together. And I don't. Because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this type of way. I'm feeling these things. I'm feeling unfulfilled, unsatisfied um, with the life that people told me I should create. Yeah. Man. And so that's, that's that demographic that I work with, that they're in that space of like, what do I do? Like, mm. How did I get? How did I get here? So how do you? Why am I? Why am I having these issues? Like I'm supposed to be like this was. I'm living my best life right now. Right. I'm in my thirties. You know, thirty is a new twenty. Mm-hmm. People supposed to be living the best life, and I'm not. So yeah, that that's the program that's what I work with, and why um, they're experiencing with it. So how do you work through that with them? And I, I mean, I. I feel like I'm in a different place or a different space, just like mentally, which I don't think we talk about mental health enough, but oh, I'm in a place mm-hmm. where I, I don't know. I think it just has a lot to do with how I was raised. My mom would always, and we've, I think we talked about this Rue was just yeah. like, you know, you, you basically by default had gratitude because it was like, you better be grateful because there's some kids in Africa. <laughs> man, got shit, you know, like yeah. that kind of, 
and, and so yeah like I, yeah. my mindset That's is all, my mindset is like i'm i'm content and grateful with the things that I currently have but i'm also like aspiring for other things and so like i'm never in a place where i'm just like oh, i don't have this you know what's you know i i can't say that i can completely identify with that but i do know mm-hmm. people who are that way and like how do you even step through that with them to to work through just that that situation you know um why isn't safe to talk about the problem first mm. mm-hmm. like what is it that they're feeling yeah um and then we kind of work through the how'd you get here because we always talk about the root right yeah well you know people say oh well it's my childhood this happened to me and it's like this because yeah. you know when i was five yeah. this happened when i was 10 and, and childhood trauma is very important mm-hmm. i don't want to like discredit that at all we you do have to address it first mm-hmm. but it, the work doesn't stop there mm-hmm. for me in my opinion the work doesn't stop with oh like this i was abused as a child this happened to me when i was 10 or 12 um because then for me once you identify that initial cause you now become the cause mm. wow so like because now you've identified that now what are you going to do with that information? Yeah, Damn, we can real. say all day long, oh, like this because I grew up in this type of environment or these things happened to me or whatever. So now that we've addressed that, now you know that. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, right now how do you get past that? And that's what we discuss. That's what we talk about now. How do we get past this idea? Because we can't keep blaming mama for what happened mm. when you were thirty. Yeah, I mean when you were thirteen, you're thirty now. Yeah. <laughs> We can't live. You can keep yourself in victim mode at that point, (laughs) saying, "Oh, somebody else's fault. This happened to me." And yes, it is to some degree. It is somebody else's fault that happened because you had no control over you at ten or five or six. You had no control that, but now you're thirty. You have complete control (laughs) over over you and how you respond. So it's it's your responsibility how to deal with your triggers. Let's talk about what triggers you. We know that these things happen that cause triggers. Now, how do you address them? Yeah. How do we approach them? How can we redirect? our emotions or redirect our, our reactions to these triggers. Yeah. How can we do something differently? You know, one of the biggest things that I've learned since becoming self-employed is, um, everything is my fault. Right. Like, no, there's nobody to blame. Right. There's nobody, no boss, no manager, no CEO whose ideas (laughs) is just, is all me. Yeah. And, there's almost power in just accepting that there's power in just being like, Hey, if it's my fault. Right. And I made a fault that's in the past. I won't make that, that happen again and move forward. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think that might be, t- I, I, I had certainly had those characteristics before. Um, but mm-hmm. I think they were magnified and I think the, the everyday pull of life uh, you're constantly always looking externally um, mm-hmm. instead of internally and seeing how you can maybe get over certain things. And I don't know. I think I have an engineer's mind where I'm always just like, what's the problem? Like, let's get to the root. Oh, cause. you're one of those. I'm you're an engineer. <laughs> yeah. You're the hardest to work with. <laughs> the hardest? My wife would probably agree with you. <laughs> I'm. The thing is, is I can – so – this is, I don't know if you heard of is this uh, artist. His name is James Blake. He's a guy from 
uh, overseas and he's got a really nice sound. Okay. Y'all should check him out. But anyways, he has a song. There's a limit. It says there's a limit to your love. And I feel like there's certainly a limit to everybody's love. And I think love is, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just, Oh, mm-hmm. you know how this per- person makes me feel. Um, I do realize that me as my personality is I can be devoid of emotion sometimes. Um, but I always, mm-hmm. I do have empathy and I try to like put myself in people's shoes, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. put my people's in people, put my self in people's shoes, but also fix the problem, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I, you know, I think even I've been married for like 13 years or tw- 12 years. And I, <laughs> I realize like, I can't always be the problem solver, you know, like it, you can't always just like, all right, here's the problem. Sometimes you got to slowly peel that onion back to that right. point, you know, um, oh, yeah. which sucks as a, <laughs> as a person who's just like, let's get it fixed right now. Right. Um, but yeah, I am one of those people. Yeah. So, but you're right. There are layers to the problem. It's never just like a, I don't say never. It's often um, multiple things that contributed to the problem, not just one thing. Yeah. Do Do you feel like people are just like naturally, um, just naturally feel comfortable, like kind of talking to you about things, or do you feel like you have to kind of maybe dive dive deeper with them, like like you have to pry pry it open, I guess. Mm-mm. People just. People just naturally talk to me. Man, so like it, it must be and that must be a trait. Like, even like my coworkers, we just and I say, you know, I'm like, I'm listening to all their relationship issues or what's going on at the house, and I'm like, I I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I have one coworker. Whenever I see her, um, something has happened. Like she's frazzled for some um, for some reason. I mean, she has valid reasons. Never like she just something silly. But um, I just say, hey, how you doing? I kind of stop and. Say how you doing, and it's just like <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, this and that, blah 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 blah. She's like, I'm listening. I'm actively listening to her. Right. And there's always something valid um, that's happened. Either like sometimes at school, and, and a lot of times at home. And you know, she goes on and on. And it's like, thank you for letting me vent. I really needed that. <laughs> like, no problem. And so. <laughs> You know, sometimes I get frustrated with my job, um, just the, I said, the politics of it. But I truly feel sometimes that I'm there for that reason and not so much of being a teacher mm. before the people on my campus. And even sometimes the students on my campus that um, I just need to talk. Because a lot of times I think people want to be seen. Right. They want to be heard. They want to be loved. They want to be understood. And so, like, mm. over on that person, I'm giving you my, I'm holding space. To give you the time to talk about whatever, and just and you can talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And I think I have a presence that's inviting to people that just want they allow me, I guess, the opportunity to listen to them. Now I've, I have a few people sometimes where I have students rather kind of takes me a little bit to peel back the layer with them because they're students. You know, right. they they're they're still kind of working through emotions and learning how to be how to try to learn how to be an adult. Or what that looks like, even as a high school student, or uh, be a teenager. So, so I kind of kind of peel back the layers with like children, mm-hmm. but adults a lot of times, you know, they just they just start talking to me. What? You know, what? Require a lot of conversation, like like initial con- I mean, questions. But they just start talking to me. Why do you think that is? Like, 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 what do you think? Like, 
like maybe a characteristic that you you have that causes people just to want to open up? Um, I do my, I don't know. I think I just had that presence about myself that I want to sound like arrogant about it by any means. But I think I do have that presence and I know that I do my best not to be judgmental mm, yeah. about whatever they tell me. So because people tell you things that are against societal rules and norms. They do. So we all have those types of things because no one really wants to follow rules. We just have to follow them. We have to follow certain guidelines hmm. that doesn't really necessarily um, agree with or in alignment with our own inclinations. You- and so I do my best to be like, you know, not just let us say what everyone says. Like, oh, okay, that happened. Or, oh, you said this and, oh, you like that. Or, oh, okay. You know, so sometimes it's, sometimes it's not something I hadn't heard before. Most of the time I've either read about it, seen it, experienced it, like I said, or, there's like no stuff about it so it's like oh okay see i i wonder i wonder if that's a trait that's something or whatever it is a trait that's passed down because um i've never like the only person i've really talked about it was 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 m megan and um i have that same same thing that happens all the time and it's been happening for years um, but like I said, I haven't talked to anyone about it. Like anyone listening to this probably they're going to be the first ones to know about it. But mm-hmm. people, people share stuff with me all the time. All the time. And, uh-huh. and, and this stuff is like, they're like, oh man, I haven't told anybody about this. I haven't told my wife about this. I haven't told my husband about this or mm-hmm. blase blase. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I, I, I'm like thinking to myself, I don't know why you're telling me about this right now. <laughs> but, I, I mean, <laughs> but, it, but but like like at, at the same time though, like 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 I do feel like I'm I'm a, a listener. I feel like that's a that's a uh, that's a, a big skill. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to be arrogant by any means. I'm just saying like it's a it's something that's a natural thing that that I I feel causes people to feel comfortable enough to to share things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And, and I, I'm not sure what it is either. That's that's the reason why I was asking those questions, kind of diving deep into that, because I'm I'm curious into like what what is it that caused people to, that to even share with me? Maybe the same reason why they share with you, because it's like I said, it's yeah. been like that for years and years. And and like I said, I've only told I only told Emma about that, and uh, she 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 notices it now. People coming to me and randomly kind of sharing stuff, so it mm-hmm. makes me makes me think it's like something passed down, maybe from like you know pops or something like that, because like you know. Yeah, like, that's a good question to ask. Because like, as I'm listening to you and talking about it, it's like, well, people used to call mom a lot. Yeah. And talk about stuff with her. You know, we were like, oh, yeah, I just call your mom all the time. We used to talk about all kinds of stuff. It's like, really? Right. Really? So people used to call her a lot and want to talk to, you know, talk to her about and share things with her. And that's stuff that she would never share with anybody else. Like, that's there's true. Some people who would talk to her that I didn't even know she talked to until they told me they talked to my mom. You know, so it's like, that is real true. Oh, okay. And then, like, I mean, Dad, Dad, yeah, like, you know, kind of, he knew everybody. He knew like, everybody. He from the house down to, you know, uh, was a little store around the corner. You, you mean like uh, the, the Walgreens, no, CVS, that CVS on the corner on Carrollton and yeah. Carlton Oak Street, he could walk from the house all over CVS and meet about, and talk to, stop, and talk to five <laughs> different people. And they all knew him. Yeah. You know, I think. It was so funny. I remember I had one memory that used to be a McKenzie's on the corner. I don't know if you know the street names anymore, uh, Rudolph, but on uh, Oak, Oak and Street. Yeah. Oak and Dublin. Mm-hmm. Wait, Dublin? Yeah, see. 
They yeah, like, 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 in, in Dublin. Yeah, like, they used to be at McKenzie's right there. I remember that one. And in the in the back, they used to actually serve like they would actually make the donuts in the bakery. Mm-hmm. They're like a little the bakery in behind the storefront, and you can go there and get like hot and ready, like the hot and ready donuts as they came out. Right. And I remember going with Daddy one time to get <laughs> donuts, and there was a man there who was deaf. And he was signing to Daddy, and Daddy's like nodding and like making gestures back to him. He wasn't doing sign language, but he was making gestures back to him. And I was like, "How do you know what that man is saying?" He's like, "I don't know. I just know what he was saying." And they were actually having a conversation. The man was saying. so. And, 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 I was and like, Chris, by the way, our pops didn't know sign language. That's crazy. That is real crazy. So I think they, they both, you know, had that that. Uh, openness about them like you know daddy go he never went to a place he said that he that he was a, that he knew that he didn't know a stranger but he wasn't a stranger wherever he went like right. you know, someone at least one person there um and he would just talk to people he i think he was more of an extrovert in that way where he would just talk to people and people you know he became he was inviting in that way right. i think mom i think mom just had a presence about her that people were drawn to her to talk that mm. she had more of a welcoming in just her presence and I think dad had more of a welcoming in his actions. Mm. And so I don't know if that's something that we just intentionally learn, something that we just gain or something that just DNA. we have. I don't know. It's in the DNA. That's a good question. Man, that's cool. Well, and, and since, since like you, you, especially in like the first, the first book and um, even, even like in the second book, I feel like it's almost like just, you're talking about love overall. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the common th- thread I'm yeah. and hearing about. Mm-hmm. What does what does love mean to you? Mm. Oh, <laughs> um. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go, I didn't mean to throw throw a deep deep one for you. <laughs> oh, that was my bad. Um. Like, I, I don't think we even started off with softballs. We just kind of we went, right went into it. <laughs> right into it. We really it. did. So. I mean, love for asking me. about you as a softball. <laughs> <laughs> love for me means uh, allowing people the space to be however mm. they need to, to be, mm. you know, and, and supporting them in, in, in whatever way they need support. Mm, that's big. That's oh, probably yeah. my best answer. Allow people to be who they are, not trying to change them um, to fit your needs. But allowing them to be, um, trying to understand them as best you can, um, allowing them to share themselves with you yeah. in the way they feel comfortable sharing, mm. um, and supporting them on their journey, so mm. however long that is. So, do you like? Do you think that we can? Um, do you think that we can love more, or, um? Like, like for example, like, like from people, people from our past. Do you feel like they they take love from us, or does that add to us? Does that make sense? I don't know if I kind of uh, asked that question right. Then do they take something? Yeah, repeat it for me. Do you like, like so? For I guess, do you feel like people, um, people take love from us? Um, like for example, like if love was, let's say, like a meter. And we had like a like it was it was like love was at a hundred percent. Do you feel like uh, people from our past take take some from us? So maybe like when they leave us, where we're at seventy five percent now, um, like seventy five percent to capacity. Or do you feel like 
they they've grown our meter um, because we we've we've gone through uh, situations or stuff like that. Um, so do you, do you I guess do you think ultimately like we can love more or we can only love with what we have left after you know someone's left us? Well, love to some degree is a muscle to me, like something that we work, something that we mm. do. I believe so I'm that. not sure if I do. I mean, we do have some feelings attached to it. You know, we, we do because we have a feeling oftentimes. We feel something for someone to be more apt to do um, things. But I think it's, I don't think it's something that we like ever deplete. Gotcha. Um, I think sometimes when relationships end, it feel, you feel um, like you have less because they were fulfilling a need for you that they no longer are fulfilling. Mm. But I don't think um, you've lost. And, and 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 I know it hurts. And it's never like a oh yeah well thank you have a good day like that's not, that's not how relationships end. Right. You know, it's always a transition period. In that transition. It feels like a major loss, um, but I think if you take the time to realize what you've learned, what you've gained um, from that experience, that helps balance you out. Yeah, it helps you move forward. So I don't think it's a they took half my love away and I'll never get it back. I don't think it's mm. like a meter or something like a thing to be like given or taken. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a. I think people can abuse abuse it to some degree like if if they know they're not going to fulfill your needs but they can they know how much you were willing to give so they can take advantage of what you're willing to give mm. um to their benefit and so like that's why I think the, the hurt feelings may come in too when you feel like you've been used or realize that you've been used in a situation right um, I don't think you've ever like lost there's yeah. always a lesson to be learned in that that makes sense that makes a lot of sense. So I got a question. Okay. Go, go so ahead, go you ahead. mentioned, you, you said support people in their journey. Um, Rue and I are on a journey right now <laughs> of self-employment, entrepreneurship. I hate using that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and instead of the, you know, the you would think the question is like, well, how can somebody support that? For us in our situations, while we're chasing this, this, Unicorn. This unicorn, <laughs> so to speak, this goal, you know, how can mm-hmm. we, what can we do to be better husbands mm. in that, in that period? Mm. Dang, that's, that's the question right <laughs> there, bro. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think naturally it'd be just like, well, what can our wives do to, to support, support us? us? Yeah. And it's just like, well, mm-hmm. let, let me, let's turn it around. Dang. I got to sit back and, <laughs> I got to sit back and listen <laughs> to this one, bro. What, what would you? Well, you have to. You have to make time, like anything else. Mm. Like you're making time for um, your business to build it. You have to make time for your spouse as well mm-hmm. and making sure you're meeting their needs. Now, mm-hmm. how that looks for your 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 home may be different from how it looks at Rudolph's home. Right. So I can't really say specifically, like, do these, these XYZ because your right. wives are different mm-hmm. and their needs are different and their love languages are maybe different. Mm-hmm. But um, you do have to make time to check in. Like people... And that's probably one of the major um, things I see is the not checking in. Like, are we good? And mm. instead of like assuming that they're good, like <laughs> sitting down and saying, "Are we good?" 
day. <laughs> Are you okay? There's something that you need that I'm not doing. Um, is there something that I, I need to do that you want me to do? Yeah. Um, is there anything that we can do together? Or even not do together? Like, the time you need some space away from me. <laughs> you right. see me too much. Like, right, right. <laughs> what can we do? Like, just checking in, making making it a, making conscious efforts, intentional efforts to check in consistently and say, are we still good? Damn. Is this being like being entrepreneurial yeah, is a rough a rough ride financially, but also I say emotionally as well. Yeah. Right. So like, is that okay? You know, we talked about me doing this entrepreneurial journey and we started it. Like we didn't know what it was gonna look like. We're in it. Are you still okay with that? Mm. Because sometimes this talk may not they, it, it, it's your dream. They don't want to say, I don't want to do this no more. So they know it may, how, how it may affect you. Right. And your right. thoughts on a dream. So they, they, may, they may be too afraid to say, I'm, 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 I don't like this anymore. Man. So just even asking that part of it, like, we're <laughs> doing this thing. We're having this business. Are you still okay with that? Like, if not, how can we try to rework this so that we both get a win? Like, yeah. that's the most important. Make sure everyone gets a win. You can't be just like, but you're pursuing your passion and you're getting your win. And they're like, well, I'm here. And when they get their win, I'll get mine. Yeah. It has to be a win-win the whole time. How to create win-win situations for both of us at this point. Yeah. Right. Like not assume that like our win is going to be our, the same as our wives win. Like yeah. just like, like just because right. we're winning doesn't mean that they're winning. Mm. Mm, damn. Right. Because I mean, it's your dream. Yeah. They're supporting and saying, well, my husband wants to do this thing. And so I love him. And I'm supporting him. That may not be their dream. Mm, yeah. Dang. And so they're saying, well, they want to do the things so I'm supporting them, but I still have goals and dreams for us, for me, which may, sometimes I look at it, is it overshadowing what they wanted as well? Am I taking too much of the energy into like my goals and focus? Am I putting my thoughts on the back burner because I'm focused on my own? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's Man. real talk. That's real talk right there. I mean, I'm in a situation, I'm just even being open, like I'm in a situation where I'm chasing something and my wife just got finished with grad school like a couple of years ago. And so she's trying to reestablish herself in the, the workplace and, you know, mm -hmm. all the while trying to raise a, a three-year-old. And, you know, one of the things that I see um, is an issue, not necessarily an issue for us, but there's like these societal norms in terms of like, Oh, the husband needs to go and work and the wife needs to stay at home. And, mm -hmm. and right, which I am not that way. Like my wife inspires me in terms of her, her just hustle. hard hustle and hard work. Um, but even just trying to work through that, like both people being, you know, hustlers essentially. Yeah. And, and then finding that time for each other, finding that time for, the kids finding times just for ourselves, you know, just to yeah. be by yourself, you and know, that, um, and I don't even, it's tough, you know, I don't even, and I just basically threw away the whole balance thing. It's just my, my, my thing right now is just being in the moment that I'm being in, you yeah. know, like that's just the best mm -hmm. thing I can try to do. It's like when I'm with the family, yeah. I'm with the family. When I'm doing the mm -hmm. podcast, I'm doing the podcast at work, I'm right, at work, right. you know, um, yeah. Man, that like, and sometimes I think you mentioned, you kind of hit on something like mindfulness and being present. Yeah. Sometimes we kind of have to slow ourselves down and just be, and be present in that moment. Yeah. Because sometimes we can't enjoy, um, 
that moment because we're so focused on the next moment or what happened, you know, two hours ago or two days ago. Or, you know, like and I was reading something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was reading something like from a psychologist that says um, sometimes people have very little um, memories of the past because they weren't actually in the moment when it happened. Right, right. And okay. not taking in all of, you know, what am I seeing? I'm taking all the senses. What am I seeing? What am I smelling? What am I hearing? What am I touching? You know, what am I tasting in this moment? And like, you know, actually photographing the moment that we don't, we miss a lot of them. Mm. So sometimes it is important to, you know, to stop the smell of roses and be present in the moment that you have with, you know, with, with your business, is it with your wife, is it with your kids, is it with yourself? Having those mindful moments where you're stopping just being present where I am um, and what's going on around me. Yeah. You know? So, so um, r- real quick, since like, since you have people, you know, coming to you, um, what, because this is, like I said, this is a very similar thing that, that happens to me as well. Um, do you feel like you have someone that you can kind of go to as well? Or like, I was going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> like, w- w- yeah, I have, two, I have two people that I uh, kind of lean on mm. um, in that regard. They lean on me that way, but I can lean on them. And so it's, it's reciprocal. There's never like one, one, uh, one way. So you don't feel like and so what? You, you don't feel like the people who are leaning on you like you don't feel like they like are you you don't feel like you can't lean on them because they are leaning on you. Does that make sense? Um, no, we're just in different places, mm. and so um, sometimes emotionally they have a place where they can, I guess, shoulder issues with me. Right. If that makes sense, like they're dealing with so much, taking on whatever I'm going with them, maybe too too emotional for them. And that's okay. Like, but you have to realize that because sometimes not everyone is going to be able to handle whatever it is you're experiencing. Sometimes that may not be your spouse. Yeah. Right. And we kind of have to, that's this other note. Don't always kind of dump things on your spouse either. But sometimes they may not be in a space to mm-hmm. accept or, you know, have space for you. You got to be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always say that our spouse or our, you know, our partner, you're supposed to be my person. Yeah. So whenever I need to emote or just express me, you're supposed to be there. And that's not fair to them either. <laughs> and even even asking like, are you in a space? Like I need to vent. I need to share. Are you in a space to receive this right now? And, and if they mm, happen, that's real talk. Call Ruth. Call Chris. And like, are you in a space to listen? So yeah. It. So when people come to me, and sometimes I can tell that they're not in the space that either we don't have that type of relationship or trust built in where like we can do that mutual sharing. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm in the space where I'm just a teacher or, you know, a calendar partner in the moment and kind of realizing my role in that. Like I'm not here to divulge um, to them all the time. I'm here to listen and I'm here to like share um, things that can help them. Yeah. And then, you know, you have some people, I have two people I know for sure, the people who are there who like, is mutual. I can yeah. share um, some things and, and they are, you know, at a place that they can accept. And then sometimes they slip it in. They'll be at a place where they need to share. Now I'll be at a place where um, I can accept and share. So, yeah. you know, it's not, it's a, I don't know. It's, I, I, you kind of are conscious. Well, I am kind of, I'm conscious of who I'm here to help and who is there to help me. That makes sense. So it's not everyone that I help is going to be the person to help me. So, 
like I understand a lot of what we're talking about is it's just centered around just being a human. But do you feel like being a black woman? Do you just feel like as black people, we don't we don't open up enough or do we keep things close to our chest? I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Because I feel in our community like we don't talk about and we use I think mental health is the uh, the overarching kind of umbrella that right. we put on top yeah. of it. Um, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we just don't talk about things enough because it's we're, emotional we're, health too. We're supposed to be tough all the time or um, right. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of reasons that I can't think of right now that why we have closed ourselves off. But do you feel like that's just something in our within our community that we just, you know, we're now starting to open up about or what are, what are your yes. thoughts? I, I do um, feel that way. And uh, I think part of it is that we're trying to, well, I think we're going to start off as trying to to change the perspective of the narrative or change the narrative. You know, when, when back in the day, it was like slavery, you're supposed to just be able to take it and, mm. you know, move forward and continue to move and, you know, civil rights and yeah. be strong and take the high fight, road, you know, yeah. fight for our rights and, you know, take the high road and just kind of keep going and keep going. That's, that's always the, the narrative of keeping, <laughs> keep going. And so it's like, okay, yeah, we've, we've experienced so much. Instead of like mourning that that we've experienced so much, it's like we turn around like, no, we we've experienced a lot and we're stronger and we're better for it. And, mm. and then which is to some extent true, but like we've we've fallen so far on that side um, of the pendulum that we like stuck on that side to say we're totally strong and that's what we have to be. Yeah, we have to be strong all the time. You can't show like if you show any sign of uh, not being able to do, not wanting to do, not wanting to endure, that's considered a sign of weakness. Yeah. And which not, it's not the case. Right. We're not, we're not meant to, to shoulder everything. All the time. But we, you know, following <laughs> that same narrative of like being strong. I, I, I think I posted that one day. I'm, I'm totally old the strong black woman narrative. I'm done with it. Mm. And the same thing with like strong black men, I'm done with that too because that in itself limits us and how we are, how we handle our emotional health, how yeah. we handle our mental health, because mm. I'm supposed to be strong. I, I can't cry. I can't yeah. show weakness. I can't tell my thoughts I'm feeling this way. I can't even express that I'm feeling like I'm not feeling like myself. I need to speak with someone about this. I need to see someone. I can't even share these things because I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be able to mm. handle it all. I'm supposed yeah. to be the single black mom with the two boys who are by myself. That's what I'm doing, you know, and be proud that I'm struggling trying to be the single black mom with two boys. Like, no. Yeah. But we, we, we've kind of, we have, uh, we've bitten that apple. We've fallen prey to that whole concept of like being strong Mm. and having like, have to have that mask on all the time. And like, whenever you want to take it off, something's wrong. If you want to take that off and say, I'm not okay. Yeah, I'm not as strong as people think I am, and so yeah, it's, it's now it's become at first it was like a empowering thing, empowering thing, and now it's become like a, a detrimental thing to our community. So, so, so you it, know, when it's almost like people are like, um, like praising the 
the struggles they're having. They're saying like, oh, oh look what I've gone through. Look what I've gone through. You know, and, I'm, and, and, to, to, and having that kind of mindset, like it, it's hard for me to see posts or people writing about like, oh, she's the strongest man, the strongest woman I know. He's the strongest man I know. He's going through X, Y, Z and a list, a string, like a litany of like struggles that this person has gone through. It's like, my yeah. God, like that's not something to praise. Like right. they have struggled this long throughout the course of their life. <laughs> right. Because then what's going to happen, praise people get the struggle. So people get in the mindset of like, oh, I want to struggle more so I can get praised more. Because mm. people really after the that praise. Too. And that's ultimately what they want is the praise. They want the recognition. So if they're getting recognized for struggling, they're just, they're going to struggle more. So they get praised more. Right. Look, I'm I'm doing all this by myself. (laughs) I'm doing all that. I did this. That's what backwards mindset. I went to to school, raised 10 children by myself. Like, no, (laughs) they don't even lie. Man, seriously. And they praise the struggle. They, you know, Mm. they, not praise, they, they promote the struggle. They yes, get yes. the praise. Yes, exactly. And it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why it's, are we doing backwards. this? Why are you working? The, why are you trying to kill yourself to get, you know, recognition for killing yourself? Right. You know, to endure these things. So it really is, uh, it really is kind of detriment that we do, do those types of things. We, we have this, even like in relationships, the struggle love, like it's the whole, and now it seems like black love to me. I've had this conversation Yesterday, like black love is not is now synonymous with struggle love. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I say like for especially for women, when you look at like, oh, I have to stand this abusive or toxic relationship, you know, because 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 the narrative is if I stayed it long enough, he gonna change his mind and change his life around and choose me. Mm-hmm. That's that's the narrative. Like, stay with that man no matter what he do, he gonna change and be the one for you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like these women Man. are like, so they're detriment. <laughs> are sitting here in these messed up relationships, getting abused uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. You know, saying, "Oh, I'm just going, you know, long suffering. You know, love is long suffering. All I <laughs> suffer through is going to be okay in the end. Mm-hmm. I'll get my reward for, for the suffering. struggle. Like, mm-hmm. no, for the struggle. I'll get my reward in the end if I struggle long enough." Mm-hmm. And the uh, <laughs> that's hate real. It. I just hate it. That that is that's, that's real right there. Like, I mean, you can you can, people re- you can relate that to multiple different aspects besides sure. religion. Well, I mean, not religion, no relationships. Like, yeah, like, I struggle long enough. I'll get my reward. That's that's a that's a false any category. Right, but I think career wise, yeah. money wise, anything. I feel like that's almost it's almost second nature because when you've you know you go through school. You know, you go, you start pre-K and you, you know, you're like, you got to go through that grind to, to, mm-hmm. to, to graduate as a senior. And then you go to college and that college kicks your ass. And <laughs> like, that's just kind of how we are, I think, programmed to, you have to go yeah. through things to like, even be able to show up to the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and but it doesn't necessarily have to be a struggle, but it doesn't that. have to be. Yeah. And, but we don't. We don't talk about that. I mean, if you even just relate yeah. it to like the whole school thing, you know, right. you don't have to go. To school. It can be uncomfortable at times. Doesn't mean it has, you have to struggle. Struggle yeah. is like has a whole different connotation that we seem to like enjoy. So, I guess uh, one of my questions would be for anybody who may not have the 
this group, you know, who may have, may not have you or may not have the Facebook group that you, you have, or may not have anyone to talk to you. And, you know, what would you recommend? I mean, short of going to see a therapist and some, you know, a lot of people don't even want to do that. Cause when they hear the word therapist is like, I'm broken, you know, right. something's wrong with mm-hmm. me. Like, I don't, I mean, shoot, I'll go see it there. I would go see a therapist just to like bounce some ideas and find like find out some things like, Hey, am I missing? Are there some gaps here that I'm not seeing? You know, right. Because I'm the, I have a mindset of where I want to, I want to fix things. And so it's like, how can I improve? You know, you know, how can I improve myself and certain things? And so I wouldn't necessarily look at going to therapy as a bad thing. I well, some people it's just a, it's a right. pride thing. It is a pride thing or a fear that they're afraid of what's going to come up in therapy. Mm, yeah. What would you, I mean, so like, what would you recommend if they, things. if they like, what would you tell them? I can't tell them anything. Because <laughs> it's going to come to a point where I, mean, I can suggest those resources. I can suggest journaling. I suggest books to read. I suggest a therapist. Um, but in the end, they have to get to that point where they say, I need help. Mm. Like enough is enough. And usually, enough is enough. Like yeah. if you haven't got to that point, nothing I will say will mean anything. We're just talking. But until you really, I mean, really get to that point where like, I can't be this way. This way isn't working for me. Then nothing I say, nothing anyone else will say, even a therapist, won't matter. Once yeah. you get to that point saying, I am ready to be different yeah. I'm ready to do something different because this isn't working for me hmm. man that's a good one um, so it, may, it may have to come like you know come at a cost of more struggles more heartbreak hmm. you know more disappointment because it's, it's a resistance it really is a resistance to getting um, help it's a resistance to you know finding something better it's resistance because it's an unknown place this is comfortable. It's my comfort zone. Even though it hurts, I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, it's unknown. I don't know. I don't know what that's going to be like. And so I'm afraid. And so I'm going to stay here. You have to be. You at comfort zone to get very uncomfortable for you to to venture out into the darkness. Mm. Makes sense. So, um, one one question. This is the last question. I want to, I guess, jump back over to the book real quick. Was um. The the first book you mentioned, um, um, like your five year old heart, um, mm-hmm. and I was just just curious on that. Do you believe that our hearts stay at five years old, or do you feel like they they end up maturing throughout throughout life? Oh, that's a good question. You you're the second person who ever asked me about the five year old. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone else asked me like, why five? Why five? I mean, it um, makes sense because I, I like like that's when like it's pure. We're like we we we, yeah. we use our heart at that age more than more than we think. And now, I guess as we get older, yeah. we think a lot more yeah. rather than use our heart. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly where um, that comes from. I think at that age, and probably just I'm, I randomly five just kind of came up. It wasn't like I intentionally picked five. Five kind of came up. But usually, like I said, as a child, you're more more heart centered right. than you are as an adult. Um, yeah, and I think uh, that that becomes I think the problem for us that we're not as heart centered 
as we need to be or we should be mm. as, as adults. That makes sense. We're more head centered. And, and I mean, it happens because we have experiences um, that hurt us. Yeah. And so we kind of pull out of our heart and get more in our head. And I get it. Um, but do you I think that I don't think it ever really changed. I think that we should be more five year old heart than 35 year old heart. I don't think it matures. I think our experiences help, I guess, I don't know, strengthen it, I guess, is a, a better word. Yeah. I don't know if it actually like grows up. I don't mm. think it should grow up, rather. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So, so, so do you do you think that um, it's possible to 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 go back to the five year old heart? Um, I think you can, but it takes uh, it, it's a process, mm-hmm. and then it takes um, practice with being vulnerable. Because mm. the older right. we get, the less inclined we are to be vulnerable and express ourselves and how we feel, uh, what we think. And right. so, um, and acting on those feelings and thoughts. So I don't know if we get exactly back there, totally back there, but I think we, we can come close. That makes so sense. It's, it's kind of hard because we have experienced so much to get back to that, in a sense, carefree um, feeling of a five-year-old. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, what's your, um, I've never asked you this before, but like, uh, just with everything you have going on, like, I mean, just with the, with the, uh, um, the book, like the writing, uh, teaching, um, of course, of course you have the, the, the group and as, as well as the, the baking, um, what's your, what's your, 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 your end goal with it all? Mm, the egg. Yeah, the end game um, goal. Yeah, yeah. It's the your... end goal. Um, I don't know. Like <laughs> baking, that's a skill I have that I, you know, mm-hmm. I developed over time. So right. That's always kind of like in the back pocket. And right. you know, whatever money I get from that, of course, is towards whatever bill or whatever financial plan I have going, a goal I have at the time. So that's that. And with what I'm doing now, same thing with the books I sell and kind of merchandise that I sell that goes towards the kind of financial goals I have at the time. Mm. But, um, right. Ultimately, as a, you know, you, you also want to say you want to be able to live off the income that, that you get from your business and you, you want your business to sustain your lifestyle. Right. Um, and that would be like best case scenario. Um, that's what I would want to happen. But I also know that I won't stop this, even if it doesn't sustain my lifestyle. Mm. I, I can say I've come to a place where I can say this is passion and purpose and empathy this is where all these things collide for me. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't, even if it doesn't, you know, make my lifestyle or change my lifestyle or sustain my lifestyle, um, I'll still do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes so, sense. That makes sense. The end game, like I said before, is to show up and do what I'm supposed to do. Hmm. That's the end game. Like, <laughs> you know, best case scenario, I like it to to pay my income, but if it doesn't, that's fine. The end game is that I'm still showing up and doing what I'm supposed to do. Because at the end of the day, like I started this as a bucket list. I'm going to write a book, something I always wanted to do, I want to publish a book. Or from publishing a book to write another book, 
to, you know, or I'm selling books and I'm selling merchandise and I got a website and I got a blog and yeah. I'm starting these communities and oh, I'm thinking about coaching. And so I was like, and I all started from showing up and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book. Mm. I'm going to do it on my birthday. I missed my deadline by a couple of weeks. Sure. Whatever. But I still did it. Right. And it's turned into something totally different. Here we are almost what? Two years later. Man. And it's something that it into something totally different. So my job is just to show up and where the journey takes me, it takes me. Um, I said, I have my own little end goal that I have, but I'm not so attached to it that I will stop this because it's not providing the end goal I had in mind. Hmm. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, well, I mean, man, we're, we're, we're like at an hour and 26 minutes. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that we um so let's uh let's get to maybe wrapping wrapping things up <laughs> but before we um okay. before we we do that um wanted to ask I mean since you live in the age um mm-hmm. what I guess what's what's in the age is it uptown it's uptown downtown and there's another area right I'm not super familiar um, with it, even I don't though. know. <laughs> I vaguely heard some of this terminology. I don't know. <laughs> so ask your question. Maybe I can answer. Well, I, 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 I was going to ask. I, I think there's a few areas, you know, people people tend to, you know, go out and hang out. Um, I know I'm familiar with like the uptown and downtown um, areas. Midtown? Is there, is, there, mid- is there midtown? I know there's mid-ta- midtown. Or yes, midtown. Mm-hmm. What what's what's your area? Which area do you, do you do you do you like? If if you were to be kicking it with, with some friends, what area would you be would you be hanging out in? Um, I don't really have an area <laughs> like that. Uh, as of late, probably little spots in Midtown or the Heights. Mm. Uh, and really, just I, don't know, I, I Google a lot of stuff, <laughs> and find, or, or I find stuff on uh, Instagram. Oh, also. Got some great desserts in uh, Bel Air area. Mm-hmm. It's, kind of, it's called Chinatown. Mm-hmm. There's some like exotic dessert areas though that I've been going to with the boys. Um, Check that out. Like the past couple months, so like the the Chinatown area, Bel Air. Got a really nice tooth. exotic <laughs> dessert spot. Sweet tooth um, room over yes, here. I got, I, got, I, got a, I got a massive sweet tooth. I got to check that bad boy out. There's some out there. Well, yeah, right off of Bel Air and the Beltway. Okay. Um, and just to hang out, probably like places in the Heights and Midtown. Mm. Nice, nice deal. And I love a rooftop. So wherever a rooftop is, don't matter what part of town <laughs> is. I'm more of a a rooftop. There's some rooftops downtown. There's some uh, Midtown, uh, Montrose area. So I can tell you about rooftops. I can't tell you about certain areas I frequent. I frequent a rooftop wherever that is. Mm. So they're kind of all over the city. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. Well, um, to, to 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 wrap things up with you, Rachel. Um, where can where can people find more about you online, and and also you know get your get your your merch. I have a website. It's Rachel D Garrison. D as in Dawn. That's my middle name. Mm-hmm. D as in Door. Uh, so Rachel R A C H E L Rachel D Garrison dot com. I have my Facebook page Rachel was R D G my initials chasing unicorns. I started that when I first did my book. I didn't think it's going to be the whole brand, but I still have my 
my uh, handles for my first book was RDG Casey Unicorns. That's on Facebook and Instagram. Mm. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, and in closing, Rachel, real quick, like 30 to 45 seconds. What <laughs> What does chasing unicorns mean? Mm. You said 30 to 45 seconds again? In, in 30, 30 to 45 seconds, can you explain what, what chasing unicorns means? Okay. <laughs> 30 to 45 seconds. Let's see. Chasing unicorns um, is about chasing the ideal relationship. Wow. Um, and hoping that it will, you know, require no work on your part. Mm. It's about uh, kind of like looking for something perfect that does not exist. Mm. There is no perfect person. There's no perfect relationship. It all requires some um, work on our part and some understanding on our part. But oftentimes we aren't willing to give that or, or put in that type of work. We just want something to be perfect initially. Even though we're not perfect ourselves, we want our partners and relationships to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And that in itself is a fantasy um, mm. that we're that we seem to chase often. And people watching this Disney Channel shit and Man. They're just living this fantasy world. No, I'm kidding. Right. We talked about Disney mm-hmm. early, earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, hey, thank you for talking to us. Really, thank you. I, I really actually wish it. that we could, you know, I wish we could talk longer. Because yeah. uh, some of the stuff we were just like starting to really get into and dive unpack. deep into. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's cause for another episode most and maybe dive into some of the stuff. Definitely, but I enjoyed myself. Most deaf, most deaf, and, and and I mean, coming from the little big bro, I, I'm proud. Like I mean, like I'm real, real proud just because uh, um, you're leading the way. I mean, you you've always kind of led the way in like education and whatnot, but like now you're doing that, you're doing that same thing in in, in the entrepreneur um, side of things, and and uh, I'm watching. I'm just saying, I'm watching. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> most deaf, most deaf. But um, again, we really appreciate you, Rachel, and um, uh, appreciate you being able to to hop on with us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh yeah, this is Levels, and we're signing out. Boss up and blessings. Peace. Thanks for listening to Levels Bye. the podcast. Hey, Ru. Where can they find us, man? People can find us on facebook.com slash levels.podcast. And that's going to be LVLS.podcast. Or Instagram at levels underscore podcast. And that is LVLS underscore podcast. Follow, like, share. You can also shoot us an email at levels.podcast at gmail.com. L-B-L-S dot podcast at gmail.com 